Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Roll Shatner, 75. The people at Loblaws believe that a great deal on something you don't want is no deal at all. That's why Loblaws weekly specials are on everyday items. Check these out. Swift Sugar Plum Semi-Bonus Whole Cooked Smoked Hams, only one thirty-two per pound. Loblaws has come a long way since those sweet smoked hams. At Loblaw, the customer is at the center of everything we do. We've partnered with Microsoft to create digital experiences that not only meet our customers' expectations, but exceed them. Predictive AI can help us provide relevant offerings to each customer. Breaking down the data silos really allowed us to break down the silos within the team. We're a business of scale. AI is what's going to propel us forward. What the hell was that? Well, Canadians... It's time to meet your overlords. The Weston family are in your life. You are almost certainly paying them on the reg, whether through Loblaws, Shoppers Drug Mart, or some of their other 50-plus businesses. They are the largest retailer of food in Canada and our nation's third richest family. Depending on which rich person ranking you refer to, they're worth anywhere from 9.2 to $17.8 billion. Nobody seems to be exactly sure. One thing we do know from Bloomberg is that they got $1.6 billion richer from the pandemic. These are boom times. 
COVID has been good to the Westons. But don't hate them because they're rich or because of the salmonella found in their coleslaw or the pieces of wood found in their beefless, undeniable burgers or for the metal dust found in their organic milk or for the pieces of plastic found in their cranberry goat cheese. Do not single them out for that stuff. You're going to have trouble showing me any industrialized megagrocer that doesn't have to issue food recalls for their house brands, okay? And don't blame them for the 1,130 deaths that occurred in Bangladesh when the sweatshop that was contracted to make their Joe Fresh clothes collapsed in 2013. That is just globalization, kids. What are you, a communist? I am not here to suggest that just because Loblaws was caught fixing the price of bread for 14 years, that these are bad people. Nor am I suggesting that we should all feel unkindly towards the Westons just because the courts ruled that they hid $368 million from the CRA, from our hospitals, from our public schools, in a phony offshore bank. Schmucks set up phony offshore bank accounts, by the way. These people set up an offshore bank. But do not hate them for that, because a federal court of appeal overturned that ruling. Turns out they did nothing wrong. They owe us nothing. I personally select every President's Choice product. Do you know what's currently the favorite product in our household? The new President's Choice Szechuan peanut sauce that my wife and I discovered on the island of Bali. We use it on salads, we stir fry with it, and it's a fantastic dipping sauce for chicken and shrimp. Isn't it time you switch to a supermarket that sells the President's Choice? The point of today's episode is not to damn the Westons or the Loblaw Empire for its pervasive and inescapable reach into every facet of our lives. No, this is an attempt to understand just what Loblaw is and what it is rapidly becoming. They are no mere grocer. This is an insurance company. This is a bank. This is a drug company. This is a cannabis company. This is a media company. Put it all together, and what you have is the largest private ownership in Canada of data. Loblaw knows a lot about you. It's time to learn about them. My guest today, Vass Bedner, is the executive director of the Masters in Public Policy at McMaster University. She also writes the newsletter Regs to Riches, and that is where she argued that the Westons might be Canada's Jeff Bezos. And Vass Bedner joins me in a moment. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Seper Torab Parhiz, Philip Tanner, Margaret Turner, Eric Hortop, Leanne Trottier, Colin Chepeka, Angelica Jantz, and Dee. Hi, my name is Dee, and I live in BC. I support Canada Land because there's nothing like experiencing hope, frustration, and an existential crisis in less than an hour. Thanks for all the hard work that you and the awesome team at Canada Land do. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have 
magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Right now, there is an opioid crisis. Right now, there is a mental health crisis. But right now, it is Mental Health Week. And what that means is you can do something about these crises. You can help people. You can help CAMH save lives. They offer treatment with dignity, and they are doing cutting-edge research. I don't know if anybody listening to this is untouched by this crisis. You can see it in the downtown of every city in this country. You certainly feel it in Toronto. This is not something happening to other people. These are our friends. These are our communities, our families. We are all touched by addiction. We are all touched by the mental health crisis, and we all share responsibility to do something about it. Helping CAMH is something you can do about it. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where nobody is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help them treat addiction and build hope. Vas, could you kind of describe how big a role does Loblaws play in the lives of Canadians? Loblaws plays a huge role, especially in the pandemic, right, when our shopping is really limited and we're focused on food and pharmacy. So Loblaws is not just Loblaws where you go shopping, but it's also uh, Zares, your independent grocer, Provigo, the Atlantic Superstore, Fortino's, Dominion, the Real Canadian Superstore, No Frills, which is one of my favorites, and Shoppers Drug Mart. And, and that's not even kind of all the, the subsidiaries or kind of stores that fit under the Loblaws umbrella. You write that we should increasingly think of Loblaws as a technology company, as something like an Amazon and not as mm-hmm. like a neighborhood grocer. How mm-hmm. How is that so? How is Loblaws a tech company? I think Loblaws is a tech company because they are building new products based on the data that we give them. So they're producing something that's net new. It typically gets expressed through that rewards program, which is designed you know, their website will say to help us shop smarter, but to help us spend more money with them. So how is Loblaws like Amazon in 2012, which is what you wrote? <laughs> oh, yeah. I wrote that because Loblaw was ahead of the curve when it comes to collecting data from its shoppers, right? And then other companies kind of accelerated. And now Loblaw is playing catch up by diversifying, branching out, working in the health tech space, working in the fintech space, and most recently, I think, buying some digital advertising arm of of Torstar. Um, One way they're like Amazon, so Amazon not only advertises other sellers, like like a Loblaw does, like a grocery store does, but they also produce their own products. But they use their data from what everyone wants and what they're buying and what the prices are in order to develop that. And just recently, Amazon admitted to Congress that it uses aggregated data from third-party sellers to come up with its own products. Loblaw has President's Choice. Loblaw also has a ton of information about what we buy, you know, what season and where. And Loblaw can also use data that it's collecting on shopping and prices to determine what offerings 
to develop from its own brand and, and how to undercut competitors. That's one way. A second way has to do with just labors in this worker component, right? Blah, blah, as of today, still hasn't reinstated the hero pay for grocery store workers, but Canada's in its second wave. And then I think the third way it's totally like Amazon is that it can squeeze both suppliers and workers. It can suppress wages for workers, but because it's one of the largest buyers of products, they can really control prices, they can control premiums. And just recently, they increased the fee for suppliers, which has added even more tension in the food industry. And it just makes it almost impossible for the little guy, for that independent grocer to compete. I was appalled by the bread price fixing. You know, I, and I, I, there's something about that story that hit me. Uh, I, I, I expect major companies to be doing all kinds of nefarious things and um, co colluding. And, you know, I think Loblaws and the Westons get targeted, singled out for this, which is fine yeah. with me. But there were other grocery chains involved in it. But there's something about how, like, when we were in high school and you were taught about different economies and just the idea of looking at staples like bread as a way of mm -hmm. determining the health of, 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 uh, of an economy, of a people. And that they would be fixing the price of a staple food like bread for 14 years struck me as just this basic unfair, nasty, vulgar tax on people trying to feed their kids. So I said, okay, I'm done with them. I am, mm. I, I am not going to shop there anymore. That, that must be hard. I, I, I wasn't good at it. I, I think yeah. I was able to stick to that for like six weeks. That's when I became aware that this is a, a company that I can't quit them if I want to. And I want to. And I'm, mm. I live in a city downtown where there's there's a local fish place and a local bakery. But the convenience factor and a bunch of other factors um, and just having like I, I could have done it if I wanted to work much, much harder at not shopping at Loblaws. <laughs> the thing of that, Vass, is that their response to the bread price fixing scheme was to give everybody a $25 gift card. They were paying people back for stealing from us for, for, 14 years for 14 years with a $25 gift card as if yeah. that as if that's enough for the people for whom that had an impact on their sustenance. But then they used that as a data harvesting, data mining uh, operation that ran afoul of the privacy commissioner. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, all the more reason to kind of keep our eyes out for the company. I think they've they've eroded trust with their, for lack of a better phrase, users. But we see this with a lot of big tech companies too, right? Where people kind of just can't quit or it becomes part of the fabric of our everyday life. Like I'll say for myself, I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. I haven't had Facebook since 2009. But I use the PC Optimum. I, I use that card. I, I shop. I, I look at my offers. And that's part of what's made me so fascinated with the company. I mean, you want to talk about price fixing. Loblaw's been experimenting with electronic shelf labels in at least five stores. And they have plans to expand to at least 50. So what that means is, you know, it's a really human intensive task to update the prices on the shelf. Well, what happens when all those prices are digital? How do I know that there's the same price for me at my no frills as there is for you, wherever you are? I think that we know that the price of bread depends on where you live. Uh, we're used to mm -hmm. dynamic pricing that in uh, more affluent neighborhoods, things cost more. In fact, mm -hmm. it's been more sophisticated than that for a long time. But what we're talking about with digital dynamic pricing is a world where 
the algorithm is constantly studying you to see how much are you willing to spend for something, depending on all these other factors and all this other data that they know about us and yeah. trying to maximize their profits. And then you could come in and get it for half that price because you're on a different algorithm than me. I mean, maybe that's the worry. That's the question when you kind of add these things up and sort of say, well, where are we going with this? What's the outcome? And is it actually good for customers or is it way better for Loblaw and their profit margin? And what are the implications for employment too? I guess if you don't have to pay a human to go change the um, prices, that's another way you're kind of augmenting the labor market. Yeah. And, and to, to your earlier point about um, the, the different businesses they're in, it's not just a question of like, oh, they're too big and corporations are scary. Mm. If you're talking about a company that knows a lot about my grocery habits, but also knows about what medication I buy yeah. and, al and also they're a bank. So they, they, mm -hmm. they actually can look at the data just at its source level. They know what my income is. They know who else is getting my money. Uh, they, they also are aware of my, my they are aware of uh, what I get delivered to my house. Uh, mm -hmm. And they're bragging in that promotional video that all of the data they used to collect was in silos, which sounds mm -hmm. good to me. I, <laughs> I'm happy for all of my data to not know each other but they are bragging that they have democratized the data and all of the little datas can come and play with it. Essentially, they're, saying, they're, they're, they're actually being very brazen about the fact that they are going to look at my shopper's drug mart data and they're running like health operations and, and fintech, financial tech. They can look at that holistically to build their perfect profile of me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if your employer provides extended health insurance and that information is being provided through league and they know kind of what you're buying, what if your premium's going up? Because, you know, I like to eat salt and vinegar chips like a lot, but I don't want to go to Loblaw and then only buy fruits and vegetables and be worried that it's affecting my broader profile. But you're absolutely right. They're building a very sophisticated consumer profile about people. And they'll probably tell us that they're doing it you know, on the aggregate, just to give us better offers and better understand us and improve our experience. Vast, does it improve your experience? You told me that you are a member of PC Optimum. I, I actually quit that. Like I, mm. it, it brought so little value in and, and I felt manipulated by it. So I stopped using it. Why do you continue to use it? I mean, and you're a person, I think, with probably a more sophisticated critique of Loblaws than, <laughs> than, than most. So Why do what, I use it? Yeah. What do you like about I, it? I don't use it as actively as I used to, but I think it comes down to like the dopamine hits. I am manipulated by the PC Optimum app. Like I will save up what I need to go buy at like Shoppers Drug Mart. I'll wait till there's like a good deal where there's like a points multiplier and it makes me feel better about my, my consumption. I'm like, oh, I just spent $60 at Shoppers, but I got this many points, which is the equivalent of like this many dollars off. And really, for me, my, my resentment is just that they don't seem to be transparent with this overall strategy. And I, I don't think they're getting like the right consent from people in terms of the profiles that they're building with this information and kind of what they're building with it. And I think that it's convenient for us to ignore. So like, that's why I have the provocation of, you know, is it a tech company? Is it an Amazon, right? Are the Westons Canada's Bezos? Because for Canadians, it's so convenient and easy to kind of other large technology firms because we don't really have them. And really, these issues are happening, you know, in our own backyard. So that's worth thinking and talking about. It's uniquely Canadian. Your argument grabbed me for that very reason that we uh, 
you know, we kind of obsess about Amazon because it's this new thing in our lives and we're doing all these old mm. things in this new way and we worry about Amazon. And it's also like a Canadian thing of like, well, we're not that sophisticated. I mean, it's hard to think of Loblaw <laughs> as, uh, as, as the big scary beast as, uh, as we think of Amazon or any of the others as Google or Facebook. I think that they fly under the radar, don't they? And I think that like something about having so many different brands and also the independent grocer. And if it's a no frills, it's sort of like they're kind of like co-opting the idea of, oh, it's your friendly local grocer. It's like, mm -hmm. it's, like it's it's Joe Russo's no frills. This is the Westons and they are they are worth uh, something uh, upwards of eight or nine billion. And they, they made over a billion dollars during the pandemic. Absolutely. And when you step back and think about it, Jesse, I also think it's like a lot of what they're doing makes so much sense. Like there's a marvelousness about it. On the other hand, I'm quite cautious and resentful that they're maybe not bringing along their customers for for what they're doing and that we're not recognizing it as a as a large scale kind of digital borderline monopoly. Like in terms of what they can do and how they do probably distort competition. I mean, I mentioned the um, hero pay wages. There were some hearings in the House of Commons about grocery stores and like, hmm, were they colluding on hero pay? They were calling each other on the phone. And then the competition commissioners like, no, no, don't worry about it. This wasn't like collusion. Like we're not, there's no like nefarious stuff at play. They were just communicating about their pay rates. Thus, I guess there is another side to this, which would be to say that First of all, consumers benefit when um, groceries and produce are bought at a massive scale. It keeps costs really low. It's also nothing new. The collection of data by major retailers is just like a widespread issue. I can definitely see the dark side in this dynamic pricing issue. Is that the extent of it? Like, what are we afraid of here? You write about that there is a dark future possible. What is the darkest future you imagine? I mean, one, the darkest is that there's no way to receive any rewards or discounts on the foods that you're buying because you don't participate in a reward program. So like if the price is your data, if the price of uh, receiving a discount is your data, then that's not accessible to everyone, right? This rewards program privileges people with smartphones and the internet. The 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 dark version is is that hyper hyper personalization and kind of losing sight of the ubiquity or evenness of the grocery store market. I think with open banking on the horizon, right, and potentially making our banking information portable. I mean, I can easily see PC Optimum being like, hey, Vasiliki, click here to link up all your banking data with PC Optimum so we can give you better rewards. And again, you know, is it Pareto efficient? Are some people better off, but no one's worse off? Perhaps. But it ends up being exclusionary. It incentivizes us to spend more under the guise of of saving money and, and receiving those targeted rewards. Yeah, I might even go a step further. Like, it, it, you know, it's one thing to say, um, well, it's a bad thing because uh, even though it's good for you, it's bad for people who don't use it. Mm -hmm. Do I want to live in a world where all of these advantages and efficiencies that are stacking up on Loblaw's side effectively makes it impossible for any other business to compete with them in, in, in any of these sectors. We're talking about a three-store universe or a three-company universe, which that's the darkest future that we already kind of live in. I, I mean, do we already live there? The loyalty program is kind of, yeah, the sharp end of that spear in terms of 
anti-competitiveness. And that is a reason being worried about it. I mean, you, you say, why is it bad? And it's like, I do kind of shy away from value judgments like that. Is it good? Is it bad? I just think it's worth our attention. It's worth interrogation. It's worth making sure if, if and when people, even those that are as aware or kind of, you know, low-key obsessed with the rewards program as I am, have that proper consent. What are you getting yourself into? Um, can you, you know, with this new privacy and consumer protection legislation, I'm sorry to make it boring, but, you know, Canadians will soon be able to request that their data be deleted, right? That they have a copy of that information. And that could be really, that could be bad for blah, blah, not for us necessarily, but we'll have more kind of autonomy over our information, which includes information that companies have been collecting from us. I think that's kind of cool. You can say on the one hand, all we want is for people to look at this and for there to be more informed consent and people should just know what they're getting into. But whatever the bar is for making people click on a privacy policy or an I agree form, mm -hmm. that will immediately just get dissolved into the game itself. And what does it take to get that click becomes the gamification conversion point for uh, Loblaws and other companies. They're playing within a universe that is defined by policy. There are some things that you can't ask people to sign away. You know, people are not allowed to sign away their right to not be charged different things on the basis of their race, right? That There are anti-discrimination right. laws that prevent that from happening, whether or not you can somehow trick somebody into agreeing to that. I think ultimately, if we are concerned, and it might require a value judgment of saying, no, this is bad. I mean, it's it's it, it's bad, <laughs> well, yeah. bad for my grocer to be my pharmacist, to be my bank, to be my insurer. That's bad. We And we have laws against that. And those laws are called antitrust. I, I, I don't want to sound like a paranoid here because I, I, there might be somebody at home saying one of those dark situations that you're anticipating, Jesse, there's actually they can't do that because there's a law. But, uh, you know, my, my assumption is they can kind of do everything. Well, competition policy in Canada is actually, it's pretty weak. I'm doing some research on it right now. Um, what's happened in Canada is we've placed more emphasis on like secrecy for companies. For some reason, this has ended up being like one of our, I don't know, cultural values, which kind of can facilitate um, anti-competitive behaviors. But Loblaw has definitely caught the attention of the Competition Bureau in the past with bread price fixing, also the CRA with offshore accounts. And I'm glad you raised discrimination. I mean, it also comes down to our targeted, personalized rewards discriminatory, mm -hmm. right? Or are they fair because they're, they're based on the individual? We haven't had a good public conversation about that. And another thing I had found when I tried to get my flu shot was that there was an incentive to book your flu shot with Shoppers Drug Mart, which was 500 points, which is 50 cents. <laughs> Isn't that That's weird? weird? That's really weird. That's weird. It's weird. It's I mean, totally it's... weird. But it's like, who does it hurt? It's just 50 cents discount. Well, if that's like the price of participating and getting your, your health shot, or there's like the weird competition for it. It's just... You know, I mean, you say good or bad, I'll say weird. Why is that weird? Why is it weird? Let's think about that. I guess it's weird because the two reasons to get a flu shot is out of like self-interest. I don't want the flu. And, you know, you often can't convince people on that basis. So you say, well, you've got to do it for the herd. You've got to do it because the more people get this shot, the less people will die of the flu. Uh, mm -hmm. 
And so those are the reasons why we're supposed to do that. And to get paid to do both of those things is weird, isn't it? We're going to we're gonna pay you 50 cents to be healthy and not get sick. Thanks, Loblaws. That's weird. And then uh, we're going to pay you 50 cents to be a better citizen. It seems like it's the smallest thing, and it's a nice thing. I should get that shot. But it's like a, it's like the first thing that's like intruding into a part of my life where I don't want them. It's an incentive because pharmacies get paid for how many flu shots, like per flu shot that they give out. That's something to do with the payment regime. So they have an incentive to incentivize you to sign up with them so they can they can administer the shot. But it's yeah. it's it's an overreach, I think, right? And well, they get you in the store as well, and uh, and also totally. they, they, they I guess they they look good. They're helping to spread a public health initiative. I don't know. Okay, will they give me like some free chocolate chip cookies if I vote? Like I don't know where does this go. I mean, I don't know where it goes. But there was a period of time where I was surprised that they weren't involved in the contact tracing app. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was like, why? Where's Loblaws on this? They've got that whole digital arm. I bet they're like. That's a dystopia too, right? If they were if they were also engaged in that kind of work. And I think it's worth thinking about as we look ahead to COVID-19 vaccination. Like what is what is that for Loblaw? What is that for Shoppers Drug Mart? What kind of notification will you get in the app? What kind of bonus will you get for signing up for your vaccination that way? And is it fair? Are we cool with it? Who does it help and who does it hurt? Okay, but beyond thinking about it, should we break them up? Is it time to for antitrust for this company? I don't think we need to break them up yet. I think we need to know more about what they're doing with people's information and whether whether we think it's appropriate. You have said that Canadians have a weird comfort with monopolies. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about that? I mean, based on some of my research on on competition policy and our how our cultural values have driven it and some of the investigations we've done in the past through the Competition Bureau... That's something I feel confident tossing out there. I think when it comes to tech companies, like Canada is so hungry for innovation and so kind of desperado for it, that as monopolies form in our own backyard, we don't notice. Like I'm very proud of, um, I'm very proud of Shopify, Canada's most valuable company. But what happens when Shopify is the only way for a merchant to have a have a business online? Like, are we going to be, are we going to be proud of that? And isn't that kind of where they're going. Yeah, I I I I don't know. I I I feel swayed and compelled by something that you brought to my attention which is just that our focus is always look at, at these uh these scary foreign companies. Mm-hmm. And uh when you actually look at the very small handful of interests whether we're looking at the Westons or we're looking at the Irvings, you know, mm-hmm. uh that we kind of let our own get a pass and some of it is like a self-effacing Canadian thing. Well, they can't possibly be as big a problem or as, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just easier to other and both be in awe of and afraid of companies that somehow just them not being located in Canada makes them scarier. Yeah. But it's easier to gang up on them, right? It's easier to gang up on them. Look before, sometimes people call you a blogger, like to make fun of you, right? Like to discredit you as a journalist. Wait, this is something I noticed. Yeah. What's no, this name? is something I this is something I noticed. The thing is with me, it's like writing about Loblaws in an, in a free newsletter. I am basically a blogger, right? But the fact that I did have some like healthy anxiety about publishing this, like, oh, would I is there a universe where I like 
get in trouble from the Weston family or I'm saying something that's slanderous, like that's an indicator of company power um, and kind of maybe what keeps us quiet in Canada sometimes. I mean, you know, they got last year, Loblaws got like 12 million to retrofit their fridges from the government. They, They got money from the like they got money from the government. Um, yeah, they got money from the government and, and we kind of talked about it, but then it kind of, it went away. Right. And I'm not suggesting that there was like intimidation or anything. I'm just saying that couldn't, we couldn't sustain the right kind of public conversation about that. I'll admit the same. I I was like, kind of excited to, to actually like dive into the Westons and blah, blah, but I'm also like, I don't know. Like it's the pandemic. Ads are down. They never advertised with us. Um, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like a fit to me. Um, but like, you know, what if this rules them? Uh, what if we're on a blacklist for having done this? Mm-hmm. Which, as soon as that thought crossed my mind, I was like, well, now we have to do this. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if I start making decisions on that basis, we're fucked. But uh, you know, if 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 you're part of our business is advertising, and uh, this is like, can can you afford to run a business? in Canada that, uh, that, that, that makes an enemy out of blah, blah. Like that, that, that thought did cross my mind. And look, they're probably not going to buy an ad with you because their own ad infrastructure is so sophisticated. They don't need to advertise anymore because of, of their loyalty loop. But I think it's good to talk about the forces at play and what it means to be Canadian and kind of want really large companies and let them kind of be complicit in letting them grow. Yeah, they probably won't advertise with us anyhow. All right, we'll publish this. <laughs> okay. One last note before we close today's show. I uh, wanted to let you know that we have reached out to Law Blah Companies Limited to invite them onto the show to respond to everything that you just heard. Want to get their side of things. They have responded and they've let us know that they are currently considering our invitation. That is your Canada Land episode. Uh, you can email me about it at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read everything that you send. We're on Twitter at Canada Land, and our website is canadaland.com, where you can subscribe to all of our other fantastic shows and our newsletter. Our producers this week are Kasia Mihailovich and Gabe Knox. Our managing editor is Andrea Schmidt. Our theme music is by So Called. Syndication is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like what we do, please support us. Go to canadaland.com slash join or click on the link in the show notes. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada Land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 